Nature's Edge is brought to you by the Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina, Western North Carolina's only magazine dedicated to the fishing enthusiast. Pick one up at over 400 locations throughout Western North Carolina or visit them online at theanglermagazine.com to find out more. And be sure to follow them on Facebook, Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina.com. You know, in our development as a species, mankind has journeyed across numerous landscapes and lived in a variety of habitats. Each requires a unique set of skills to secure uh, his ability to survive. It was essential to have intimate knowledge of the local environment and mastery of basic skills in order to ensure one's survival in the, in the past. Every ancient culture knew how to find and utilize raw materials using traditional methods to stay alive and well. This is Nature's Edge, and I'm your host, Dale Stewart. While our day-to-day survival is no longer dependent upon these skills, there's still reasons to have at least basic know-how and capabilities when you're outside in the wild. A great way to learn these skills is to immerse yourself in nature and do it with someone who has the skills and the level of knowledge to train you and your family in these skills. Our guest today, Richard Cleveland, is certainly at the very top of my list of instructors who are able to do that. Richard is the founder, director of Earth School. He's a former lead instructor at Tom Brown's world-famous Wilderness Survival School. He's taught thousands across the United States and in Australia. And his Earth School has been featured on TV, radio shows, local news programs, and various other publications. Richard, welcome to Nature's Edge, my friend. Always good to see you, Dale. How you been? Uh, I've been doing good. Staying busy. Um, the usual stuff. Winter's usually kind of slow. People like to survive, but they don't like the cold weather. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, you know, this is one of the times that you need those skills. Absolutely. Why don't you, uh, why don't you give us a little little background on, on Earth School and a little bit of your vision of, of what Earth School mm-hmm. is? Um, you know, I've you know, told this little spiel before, so I'll try to keep it. I'll try to shorten it a bit. Um, I was really into nature when I was, you know, when I was young, and I, you know, I like to tell people that it, that I got a butterfly net for my fifth birthday, and my mom had to just about strap me to my chair to keep me from leaving all my friends. And so I grew up feeling like I knew a lot about nature, and um, started hunting in my late teens um, because I wanted to feel what it was like to provide for myself. I wanted to go through that physical process, but also, you know, perhaps the emotional and spiritual process of it, too. And then in my mid-20s, I started reading books by Tom Brown, Jr., and hearing about his uh, more Native American-based or natural-based school, and I was very intrigued by that. And I eventually got out there and uh, was just blown away. You know, in one week, I was shown that Richard didn't know much at all. It was very humbling, and um, I think there were 56 people in that class. And I took classes there for about two and a half years. I got hired on as a full-time instructor in the spring of 93, but basically because they couldn't get rid of me, they just had to hire me anyway. And I taught there for five years. When I left and came to North Carolina in 1998, um, I was running programs under a, on the name of Mountain Spirit and quickly realized that everything in the mountains named Mountain Spirit is a liquor store. So I changed it to Earth School because I could encompass a full range of different skills, including homesteading and whatnot. So I've been doing that since uh, 2000 officially. Uh, the the um, 
the programs that you teach, I, I know you, you, you're involved with, with kids and school programs, you're involved with family programs, you're involved with, uh, with a lot of different things, uh, that, that are important to, especially it, to, to people that even just go out for a, a short walk. But, um, what, what are some of your reasons why people should learn some of these basic survival skills? Well, you know, the first and foremost reason is is the fact that we wouldn't be sitting here in this studio right now if our ancestors didn't have these skills. So it's not really all about being out in the woods and being able to survive, you know, in case something terrible happens. But it's a reconnection. It's a reconnection to not just our ancestral skills, but perhaps more importantly, a reconnection to our environment and being able to recognize the resources that you need to feed yourself, to provide medicine for yourself in the field, um, to build a shelter, to rub sticks together several ways and make fire, and to open up your senses and really pay attention to what's going on around you. I know we've talked about that before. Yeah, it, it's uh, that's one of the things that, that you and I uh, really have talked about a lot is, is the inability that a lot of people have when they're out there not to listen uh to to what's actually going on around them uh richard what are some of the what are the some of the programs i know know you teach a variety of different things from just basic uh fire starting and shelter building and and finding water and food but uh what are some of the programs uh that that are out there that that you teach and, and what can people really expect when they take a class well, um, I teach everything, of course, as you mentioned, from fire making to flint napping, making your own bows and arrows. I also teach baskets and pottery, um, a lot of physical skills, shelter building, et cetera. Some of those are encompassed in a short weekend. Some of those are week-long programs. And I have day programs, too, on things like wild edible and medicinal plants and longer programs on that as well. But it's all focused around this nature awareness because you can't do these things unless you can recognize resources. And as we talked about earlier, people don't recognize them because they don't have a file or reference in their brain for them, and so they can't match up those files. And so these things go by unnoticed. Yeah, it it, it amazes me, too. I, I was uh, uh, not long ago was actually camped out and uh, had a family decide to camp not very far from me, and uh, it looked like they had just recently uh, been to the local uh, – big box store and bought their tent and all their gear and it was getting dark and uh, dad didn't know how to put the tent together the wife is uh not helping the situation any and the kids are running around screaming and and uh, and yelling because nothing could get there and and uh you know it's this is a time when just some basic skills would have really come in handy for that for that family uh and it amazes me still how how people will do that uh uh and, and just don't have uh, that basic skills. But, you know, people also need some of these basic skills just uh, for preparedness for natural disasters that, that happen. You know, it's uh, – um, you talk about shelter building. Uh, people don't realize that there there's actually times when you would need to build a shelter inside your own home uh, if if the weather really turned bad on you for a long period of time and, and you didn't have uh, any other way uh, – there's uh, there's ways to do that, and I know you also help people put together uh, go kits and and bags for preparedness as well, don't you? Uh, yes, I do, and I think that's really important. You know, as you mentioned about uh, you know natural disasters, things happen, and there are families' lives are completely destroyed by these things, 
And just having a simple uh, small backpack for each family member that has gear in it for water purification, fire making, et cetera, good clothes, and more importantly, actually practice using that stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> because, I mean, I get people who come to my classes that bring new tents and don't have no clue how to set them up, too. So, so I see that firsthand quite a bit. But um, why wouldn't you want or, you know, why wouldn't you want to be prepared? Um, it doesn't make any sense logically that you would want to be caught with your pants down and be put in a bad situation because you don't have a few simple things. Well, you know, you and I understand that, but it, it amazes me all the time uh, how I see people that really don't. And I, and I think, again, it, it gets back to um, what, you know, they for the most part, we wake up every morning and electricity comes on. We go in and get in our car and turn on the heater and the and the the, uh, the engine and go to a go to a nice uh, job and uh, again where everything's sort of status quo and uh, only when that status quo uh, changes on us and then and then we tend to panic uh, I think just having some of these basic skills that you that you teach uh, also gives you a sense of of well-being Uh that you can deal with things and take care of things, uh, uh, and that you do have certain skills, even if you don't use them. Uh, just the knowledge that you have those skills mean a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you've talked about this a lot. I've listened to many of your presentations about the power of the mind. Yes, you know, when you're in those situations and that fear rushes in, you you're already half gone. You know, but to have the confidence, and even though you might still be a little fearful, but to go, okay. I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. I know what to do. And have the confidence and the skill to actually start doing something positive. Yeah. Richard, if you had, uh, of all the different classes and the different programs that you teach, if, if one of our listeners was was thinking about one one class or one program that, that uh, they should take from you, what would it be? Uh, just a basic? It would be um, a week-long uh, wilderness survival class and this is done in a you know a controlled environment mm. i don't take people out in the woods that i don't know <laughs> yeah no i know <laughs> because people think they know more than they really do yeah and if i did that right off the bat chances are someone's going to have a meltdown and it's not going to be a fun experience so you know i teach shelter water fire food nature awareness tracking all the things that you know shelter building all the things that you would need to know your um your first priorities to provide for yourself. And then, of course, I do advanced classes too, which are one-week and two-week programs, which start to get into more of, okay, I've got the basics done. Uh, man, I sure would love something to boil water in. Here's some clay. Let's yeah. make some pottery, you know, that kind of stuff. And and also, the uh, I, I think uh, fishing, uh, you know, how to fish, how, how to hunt, how to how to how to trap how to how to really survive because you you do have to feed yourself and and you do need that water out there and uh you know i'm a big fan of if i'm out there and i'm i'm in that situation i'm always a big fan of finding me a big body of water because there i've got everything i need generally there's i can find food there i certainly got the water that i need and and generally a lot of the plants growing around the edge of that that lake or that body of water uh, are edible or usable in in some way yeah, great thing about fish is is that you know where they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're in the water. They're not scattered out throughout yeah. the woods, where you might be out haphazardly trying to set up a few traps or you know hunt physically. Um, so yeah, water is a tremendous resource for many many reasons, and I think people take that for granted. Now, I know lots of people that go out hiking, 
and don't even have a basic water filtration or purification kit. And I think that's a big mistake. It is. And, and again, it, it, it's what you know and what you're comfortable with. And, and again, we, we become so accustomed as a society to being able to just turn on a faucet somewhere and get a drink of water that your mind doesn't really think about the, the likelihood that, hey, I'm going out somewhere, even if it's just for an afternoon walk, and, uh, you know, I'll be able to get a drink of water somewhere. And uh, that's where people get in trouble all the time. Absolutely is. Um, plus, because we do have these conveniences, I mean, you know, I know that you're going to feel the same way about this, is um, – We've disrespected water, too, in many ways. We look at how we pollute our streams and lakes and to the point where, um, you know, you almost don't even want to drink it after purifying it because there's still things in there like the synthetic chemicals and whatnot. And yet we're, you know, we're, what, 80% water. Yeah. And without water, we'd simply be dust. And so having that respect and reverence to it, um, recapturing that or reconnecting with that, is all part of the nature awareness and all part of survival and, and being reconnected to nature and the earth. And, and you know, Richard, I think programs like yours and, and uh, teaching also helps people sort of relate better to nature as a, as a whole. Uh, you, you know, if you're out there in it, you're seeing it, you're learning what it can give you, and, and it can give you literally everything that you need. Uh, as you know, I've lived with indigenous tribes around the world, and one of the things that's always amazing to me is how they really look at nature and how they look at even a rainforest. I mean, they, we look at it in, a, in one way. They look at it as a food source, as a pharmacy. That's where they get their building materials. That's that's their life. That's that's the way they approach it, and they look at it. And we look at it in a in a different mindset, if you will. But, again, it's, it's back to what you know and – and that perspective that that your own brain uh, has for you, um, you do some school programs, don't you, Richard? Don't you go into schools from time to time and do some programs? Um, public schools from time to time. Uh, lately, I've been working with um, a Montessori school. Yeah. Out, out toward, um, uh, I always get the cities mixed up, but out toward Raleigh, uh, Durham, actually. And um, I've been do, I've been working with teenagers that they bring to me here in. Uh, Candle, North Carolina, since about 2013. And to me, that's really rewarding because, you know, well, number one, these kids are from a private school. They're very well-behaved and very respectful, which you always appreciate when you're dealing with kids and sure. like young adults. Um, but I look forward to that. I do that about twice a year and have been. And, and just seeing these kids, you know, come in and really start opening their hearts, you know, their eyes and their hearts to what's, you know, this natural world around them. Because let's face it, you know, you know as well as I do, these are our future leaders. And if if we don't get them connected to the earth, especially with all their raging hormones and electronic distractions, um, you know, things may not work out as well as we'd like them to. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm I'm a huge uh, uh, proponent of, of getting – Kids and adults, both, you know, outside uh, in, in the green space. You know, even even if it's just walking around in a park in, a, in an urban setting, uh, just the the feeling that it that it has for you, and and uh, you know that's that's sort of where I go to to recuperate and sort of uh, re-energize and and sort of plan my life. Is you know I, I kind of wander into these mountains and uh, by myself and sit on the side of a mountain and think about it and and. There, there's a lot to be said about being out there and and doing that and and listening and and uh, 
uh, allowing your mind just to there's nothing off limits when I'm out there and and I, I know you understand what I'm talking about but if if you haven't ever gone out there and really done that I, I think at times uh, uh, people don't appreciate that um, as much as they as much as they should um, and sadly a lot of our school systems today you know don't even have recess I mean they they don't uh, they don't even teach geography anymore in, in our school systems and I, I think that's a, a real shame um talk a little bit i I know you teach uh uh wild edibles and and medicines as well um and uh and that's important i I mean i've you know i've been with you when we went out in your backyard and made a salad and uh, i I think people again they don't know what they're stepping on or what they're mowing over when they're out in their yard um you know yeah that's quite true um you know one of my favorite plants of all time which i I'm very open about is just the simple dandelion. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's like here's this here's this amazing plant, which on um, you know is probably one of the most nutritional and medicinal plants in North America, if not the world. And yet, television brainwashes us and says that if we have this beautiful yellow flower in our yard, that somehow makes us a bad neighbor, and it's ludicrous. But there's so many things that we can eat and make traditional medicines from. I'm not going to prescribe anything, of course. But, um, and these, you know, these plants are survivors. They've, they've been around for thousands of years, and, are, and they're still withstanding everything we've tried to throw uh, to get rid of them out of, out of ignorance. And they're extremely nutritious as well. You know, we know that food is medicine. And I think that wild plants have a much higher degree or level of um, nutrition. Yeah. Do you teach, um, you know, I have friends uh, like this family I was talking about that I, I watch uh, struggle with, with getting a place to sleep one night. Do you do programs for families where, where mom and dad and the kids all kind of come and work together to learn skills? I do. Um, I don't always have enough people to run those every year. But when I have run them in the past, I think it works great because I oftentimes will you know run into parents and I tell them what I do and they're like going, oh, I want to send you my kids. And I look at them and I say, why don't you come with them? Yeah. Plus, it works out good for me, too, because I got a built-in babysitter or two. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, if the, so if the kid gets a little out of hand, I'm like, uh, you got to deal with this. Yeah. But to have them experience that as a family is, is very powerful. And I've had numerous times when one of the parents, I can tell, did not want to be there. You know, they were forced to come. Oh, I know. And after a week, they're crying and don't want to go home because nature opens you up. You were talking about native cultures earlier, too, and just to, you know, I know you know this, but for your listeners, you know, native cultures, native people didn't consider themselves to be above nature. And, no. that, and that's another big difference in our society today. We look at nature as being dollar signs because we have to pay taxes, we have to provide all this stuff, which costs money, when in fact they were just happy to be a, be a part of it. Oh, I, absolutely. And, and, uh, and I think that is a, a huge difference and uh, again, in the way a lot of people perceive and think about nature, uh, and and that's why I think it's so important for people to uh, to get involved with programs uh, like what uh, what you do, Richard, at the Earth School, because again, it it gets them out there, it teaches them skills that that again give them some some. Um, uh, a feeling of well-being if you will when not just when they're out in the wilderness but just on any given day i think anytime you can learn something new it gives you a little bit of a boost in in 
and how you uh, how you deal with things. Um, Richard, how do people get in touch with you or learn more about uh, Earth School? Uh, you know, I've got a um, online site uh, which is www.lovetheearth.com. So if you love the Earth, you shouldn't have any problem finding me. Um, and I have contact information on there. Um, right now, I'm I'm in Western North Carolina. And trying to spread my wings a little bit more, maybe do some classes this year in South Carolina, and I have some leads in Tennessee too. Um, but that's how you get in touch with me. And uh, and you're also uh, on social media, Facebook, and and other other ways that they can locate you as well, huh? Absolutely, Earth School is on Facebook, and uh, I have a personal page there too. And um, I have a few pages actually. I also have um, I'm you know this whole buzzword going around called rewilding. Now. Yes, yeah. I have rewilding humanity. It's the Earth School forum where I encourage people to um, you know ask questions and post resources. And I get people oftentimes saying, "Hey, I'm from Oregon or someplace. You know, anyone out here doing that kind of stuff?" And and so I'm hoping that I can kind of build that page a little more as well as my basic Earth School page. And one other uh, kind of final question I was going to ask you: Do you find uh, People that come and take your course, do you find them signing up and coming back, repeat? Absolutely. I'd say I get about 80% return rate. Um, and it isn't, I mean, you know, you know, when you teach people about nature, it's, it isn't about us. I mean, we're just parrots. We're just sharing information Absolutely. and opening eyes and hearts to things that someone did for us. But, yeah, I've, but I find it that the, these, these nature experiences – are so powerful and these are things that they will carry with them for the rest of their lives yeah you can't unsee something once you see it no that's very true but uh having said that guys if you take a course uh from from richard or or from any uh instructor out there don't forget to practice it uh just because you can you can do that skill while the instructor is standing there or you can do it over the period of time you're doing it um we do lose memory, and we do learn lose how to do things uh, down the road. So you do keep uh, need to keep practicing those skill levels uh, to get out there. Well, guys, that's uh, that's it for this version of Nature's Edge. And uh, remember what Albert Einstein said: Look deep into nature, and then you will understand everything better. Until next time, I hope to see you in the wild. Thank you. Visit naturesedgemedia.com. You can check out podcasts, videos, lecture archives from Dale, and much more. Thank you for listening to Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart, brought to you by Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina.